Oops, wrong way. There we go. Well, good morning. Welcome to Grief and Grace with Jill and Deb. And um, I'm going to wait for Deb to show up. And we'll see what happens with all of this. I'm turning on my lighting super quick. There we go. Oh my goodness, there we are. We'll see if we got Deb coming on. And we can talk about grief and grace and all the good things about what that means for folks right now. As we head into our 4th of July weekend without a 4th of July in most places. And I'm going to get Deb up on the computer right now. And we'll see where we are. Okay. And we are live, and we are trying to share so that folks can find us and see if we can find Deb, too. So it has been a long week. Here in California, we are in the middle of a COVID, almost like a strike or something. It's after us, and we are back down to lock-in for the most part, um, mandatory masks, Pretty much everywhere in a lot of states, definitely in our entire state. Um, and we have ICUs that are full. So it's become quite a quite a thing. I can see Deb is here. And I'm adding her. There I am. Now my question is, can you see me or are you just seeing the top of my head like I'm seeing? No, I see you. Okay. Comfortable there? I am now. Okay. I got a pillow behind me, so I have my coffee. And I have my Diet Coke. And I'm trying to share this now. There we go. All right, on my timeline. Hi. So how are you? Um, I'm doing pretty well. Um, it's been a rough week for some of my friends. I mean, I have some sort of virus, but it's not COVID as far as I know. And hi, Mark. I'm so glad you're here. That's a friend of mine, Mark Laswell. Um, in Peoria, Illinois, actually. So I, I might have had, oh, and Hannah's here, and oh, wow. The gang is coming in. I'm so glad. So I'm doing pretty good for, I've got some little virus or whatever. So anyway, I'm doing pretty good. I'm just laying low. My, uh, I wish I had your weather. Our plants would be. No, I don't want your weather. It's like 104 out right now. And it's only 10. No, I don't want your weather. We have humidity like that, but uh, now. But I I'm more concerned. We have to baby them right now. It's way too hot. Oh, oh. 
Well, I will be sending pictures of my zucchini at some point. You know, when you're feeling, I, I got to tell you, when you're feeling grief of any kind, it really helps, I think, to watch things grow. Doesn't it make you feel better in your heart when you're, it's like you're feeling a loss and then you're seeing plants. I I just think there's something feeling about that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've enjoyed our rose bushes blooming for the first time this right now. And it's just been delightful as we've been going further and further into lockdown again to wake up and see one more pretty little flower that I can smell and enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Plant. Oh, oh yes. I'm one of those weirdos, you know. When I break something off, I've got to seal up its aura, you know. So I, I do. Um, but I started to say, um, a good friend of mine had a friend that was um, not a friend. Uh, she had a family member be murdered this week, and that's a uh, yeah. Yeah, senseless, crazy. No, none of the details need to be mentioned. Right. But it reminded me when my family member was murdered, and um, it was unreal seeing it on the TV. And that was over forty years ago. I was young, and seeing it all over the TV, and seeing, I mean. It's surreal. It's just not real. And no. a lot of my campers that are all grown adults now, oh my gosh. You know, I, I told you I, I was a HIV, I, I worked in an HIV camp, uh, volunteered for many years as a clown. I was a clown there, um, HIV. Um, camp for families and it would be I can't tell you especially starting in the 1990s when a lot of them were growing up and they'd had and they lived in inner city Chicago or East St. Louis the kids or the adults would be crying on the clown because another friend had died had died and what do you do so i'm sort of asking you what what advice do you give your clients and the adults like how do you how do you move through that jill i'm just through the traumatic loss or multiple losses like a pandemic I want to say yes to all of that. So however you want to subdivide that, I'm okay with that. All right. So with, I mean, I also, I was a medical, a social worker for our local AIDS project when we still had HPLV3. Somehow we put numbers on things. I'm not sure why. And that makes them worse as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> I heard 19 on COVID. I thought, oh my God, we're in for it now. Yeah. What the research says is that when we went through the AIDS crisis, which of course was ignored for a long time and thousands died without much acknowledgement, likewise with um, 
some other mass losses. And even for um, fire department widows in 9-11 who had a shared mass loss, what they found was the folks who could really ski right along with the losses, but had a good support system who would give them the space they needed, but be there when they needed them. So they could raise the white flag and say, I need help. And then they could say, give me space and people would back off. And they didn't allow people to tell them how to grieve, but they could accommodate each loss and then move into the next one and move into the next one. So they were simultaneously grieving and working on the next person who was ill. The folks who got caught up on just one loss or didn't have that support network where they had some freedom, but also some good solid backing, those folks are the ones who got caught up and didn't do well and ended up looking to substances or went into major depressions and withdrew. It, it, it's partly inner strength and, and partly inner resilience more than anything. And it's partly, you got your peeps. Yeah. What's hard with COVID right now is we have a lot of people who are living at home alone and coping with losses. And they have to figure out ways to reach out to their people without actually touching their people. At least with AIDS, we could hug people. Right. And we can't right now. Yeah. Yeah. What? So it's a it's a matter of putting your people together. In terms of the traumatic, horrible losses, and since I do a lot of grief work, I do get referrals for people who've had just really ugly losses. What's hard is all the social media. Because we don't have just TV like we did 40 years ago. We've got, you can't turn on any device. If it's linked to you somehow, that that every single alert about that death is going to pop up. Everything the police put out, every message from the coroner's office is going to go out. And you're just swamped with it. And for those folks, I tell them, hand your phone over to someone else. Turn off all yeah. the notifications. Mm -hmm. Stop looking. Circle yourself up with whoever you need to in whatever way you need to, but don't let the news bleed, feed bleed in because it's not good to look on the TV and see your house, you know, under bright light. Right. It's not good for or, you. Or a family member's house under bright lights. Right. Or, you know, it is for the, or the photos. It's, it's, it's almost invasive. Yeah. And, you're trying to like sort out your own stuff and there's something out there just keep at least to me it feels like slamming and um the wisest thing not to look up and that's not nice no they always care they want to oh look what happened to my xyz relative xyz relative's primary griever doesn't need that right now they right. need to be the one to say, here's the social media plan, and you're not in it. You certainly talk amongst your friends. Create a small group if you need to grieve, because clearly you do, but don't do it publicly, please. Yeah, that's great advice. I, I appreciate it. I, I, I get this one particular person that I was talking to, um, She's she's brilliant, and um, she used to be a grief counselor, and uh, so she knows not 
to look at any of that. But many people don't, you know. So I that's that's just really great advice. I've had people who had a member in the family and the other family members just they have that need to know and they actually go looking through the coroner's announcements that they make and or they know somebody who works somewhere or they call the mortuary, they get details. Mm -hmm. Nobody needs details. If you want to know how your loved one died, you can ask, but you don't need to see that discussed. Exactly. Exactly. You need to hear the newscasters discussing the number of shots or the number of stabs. Ah, ah, they now that's what you need to know. You know, even 40 years ago, when we didn't have smartphones, we didn't have uh, internet like this, for sure. And um, so seeing it at 6 o'clock and 10 o'clock, which is when we had our news, um, there you go. It was, it was rough. It was, I mean, for our family, it was rough seeing your your last name out there totally sensationalized it was bizarre actually so we've had a couple of real yeah yeah we've had a couple of really high notoriety deaths by suicide out here recently and in the media people not related to it decided how somebody died and then would not when when the report came out and there was I mean, there was so much evidence that that's what indeed it was. Somebody had taken their own life. Um, right. And they had a number of issues that led to that clearly. You could see the pattern reading yeah. what had happened in the lifetime. But there were people on social media locally demanding to see the videos, demanding to see him walking to the spot where, and they wanted to see the, we have a right to see the coroner's report. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's the family. That's private. Yeah. And that's your grief. That's just you wanting in to have fodder. And that's the family needs you to say you're sorry, not to not to use their loved one's death for a debate. Exactly. That's and especially now, you know, there is I, I used yeah. to wonder. I, I'm going to say it in a sort of humorous way. Well, grief is, you know, like everybody's usually grieving something, but it's not apparent. Oh, have your pick. This is like, this is the stuff we learn at conferences when you have multiple. And now conferences are going to change, right? Because we have to address media. We have to address COVID. We have to address, you know, and I am just, I feel like I have to make a whole new set of things to do. In fact, I, I'm with you. I'll probably create that. Here's things to do now because it's not just you've escaped it. We used to think, oh, no one died this week. That's great. Uh, we can't say that. There is this, that just blows me away. I can't even use that. Well, the other day I had something that was really on my heart. And I know I called up a friend crying, crying but I said, no one died. I mean, immediately. So right. it's like I'm going to qualify it. 
Right, because everybody, there are so many deaths happening. I know, I know. And how do you, not how do you, but learning, you know, before when you were talking, I really loved how you sort of went that the resilient roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah, and every loss and, and move on to the next one. How do you, you know, there's many grief groups out there on Facebook that I'm part of, and people, you know, are, are whether it's a hospice group or a grief group, you know, the person is already died, and here's a safe place. Um, often, I say, I don't have any words. I do know you take it not a day at a time. You take it usually a minute or a, a hour, a moment at a time. And I tell everybody, you got to breathe. You you have to be mindful. Yeah. You got to get out. You can't just sit with it all the time. No, you... And, Breathing, I mean, literally, many times when I'm on, um, obviously, they're, um, what do you call it, um, Facebook or or something, when, it, oh, the it escapes me right now. Yeah, not just social media, but when you're having a, a counseling appointment, and oh, it's yeah. a video, sorry, video right. chat, and... Um, I could be grieving my memory right now. No, no, I'm teasing. But I'm when you're having a video chat with someone or even on the phone, oh, nobody holds their phone like this anymore. Now you know how old I am. And so when you're having that, I stop and I go, let's take a breath together. I need you to breathe. I need to breathe. Mm -hmm. When you're supporting people, you need to breathe. And stretch. When you're supporting the support people, you need to breathe. When you have a Zoom group, everybody take a breath together. Silence so we don't hear a bunch of You know. But so important and take a breath and relax when i do grief groups online i'm in the middle of one right now we we do yeah. a lot of talking about taking care of yourself and laughing and getting outside and talking about who the person really was with all their quirks including the sense of humor and the funny stuff you can't just sit in sadness it's not good for you and and that you know go ahead that's what worries me, but some of the groups online, the, just the open, come on and join, and some of them have really unhealthy, in my humble opinion, outlooks. So if somebody says, you know, I'm starting to feel better, they get junk. Because you know you're supposed to be sad, and if you're feeling better, that means you're not missing the person who died enough. And you can just see there's this group where you've got to stay sad, and this group that's going, no, I really want to get healthy. I really want to remember them, but I really want to, to reconnect and and not ever forget them, but go someplace new with them. 
this group will, if you're one of these, they will hold you there and they will guilt you into staying sad and always grieving and make you feel like if you stop grieving that you didn't care enough. But you know, I'm, I'm, group. I'm glad you said that. I, I'm glad people, uh, this is sort of morphing into the grief groups. Um, a couple things that I'm noticing as a person that responds to that grief, not necessarily um, feeling it myself. I'm, I'm more of, you know, people say, how do I ever get through this? How do I ever? And so I'm, I'm the person, either it's a nursing advice, means go back to your doctor, go back to your hospice caretaker, or get a new hospice caretaker. Right. Either responding that way. But one of the things I noticed, it's, and I, I haven't read all the comments, but a lot of times someone will say, um, my, my uh, partner just died. What do I do? And someone else says, my partner just died too. So now it's like, I don't like to, for me, to read everything because then it's, I'm glad there's a bunch of people able to share, but right. it's lifting someone up. Is it, is it comparing? Is it, you know, I have all these questions that there's no, I, um, I, am I still there? I got paused for um, I haven't seen a lot of rules for groups. You know, I haven't seen a lot of rules. Like, do we want to lift someone up? Then comparing, you just want, like, do you just want a place to, it's sort of a weird thing over the last few, few months, especially. Um, and you don't do compare. You don't want anyone to feel like someone else's loss is more, everybody's loss is equally important because it's their loss. Exactly. And then he said out loud, you, you lost someone, you lost someone, everybody lost someone. It's not a matter of what the relationship was or how close you were. You lost someone. And that's right. That's a, you need to grieve that. Yeah. When I do grief groups, we, we do a, an exercise where we have the, I have the list, every loss they've ever had ever in their lifetime. And I, I, I call it a timeline and I tell them, look, from time immemorial, all the losses. Did you lose the rabbit? You know, what What did you lose? Did you move? And I asked them to put it away, go back to it, put it away, go back to it. And by the time we get to the next group, they are stunned with the variety and the number and the ones they'd forgotten about. I've had people completely forget that, you know, something incredibly cool at somebody's funeral. And... It had hurt them then, but they had just buried it. And so we we sort through all of that stuff because all of those losses that weren't acknowledged before need to be acknowledged. Right. Or they sit there before the next one, and then they go join up with it, and then God help you. This uh, yeah. 
and it's it's just odd and yet i you know who am i to say if it helps people to read all that stuff that day and then maybe the next day they go okay I need to breathe, you know, right. that's why I write, I write the, in those groups, don't forget to breathe, drink lots of water, put your feet on the ground if you can, you know, those, some self-care tips. I tell Even, them 15 minutes at a time, put it in a folder, put the folder away, put something on top of the folder, don't look at it again, don't do it after five in the evening. Don't over-focus on it. It'll come to you. The thoughts will come to you, but don't just sit in it. Sitting in grief is not healthy. As you know, we need to laugh. We need to smile. We need to connect with people. You know, that's my answer to all those losses. So every time that you have a loss, you have an opportunity to build resilience. Yeah. And so, you know, Building resilience almost comes with, and there was something I I got on Facebook, of course, um, that building resilience has to do with having empathy for yourself mm -hmm. and almost stepping aside from yourself like letting yourself feel and be like this and then stepping apart from yourself, not in a surreal way, but it, um, a different kind of consciousness almost, you know, stepping aside. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Dee yeah. Dee's saying she finds when she does groups, members appreciate the definitions of types of losses and types of yes. grief to distinguish the differences and then they hold space for one another. Which is exactly that's, the way it's supposed to be. That's exactly. And so, um, so anybody reading this that's also part of our, um, that is part of any of those groups, look for ways, even in your mind, to just hold space for that person. You don't have to comment on everything. You just, or you can just write, holding space for you yeah wow just write that mm -hmm. you know it doesn't require a whole bunch of other information just say holding space for you wow and remembering to hold space for yourself and take care of you and yeah. take care of you that's one of the things i've been doing a lot of now that we're all locked down and I've never been a great correspondence person, except electronically, really, since we got electronic. But I've ordered a lot of cards, and then I am sending them out. So I'm probably sending out five or ten cards a week to various people for various things. Now, birthdays, of course, but all the other kinds of challenges. Someone has just gone into chemo. Someone has just had a loss. Their pet died. I'm making sure that those get acknowledged so that when they get to the mail, they get that little postal hug. It's, you know, funny you should say that. I was, um, 
So I'm watching reruns of stuff. And on Chicago PD or Chicago FD, I don't know which one of them, there was a firefighter that went to a scene where a postal truck had crashed and there's letters all over. And he finds a letter when he gets back to the station stuck to his boot. And the postal people weren't helpful. But the guy who was real tech savvy said, oh, and he got the address by doing a simple rub over it, right? So right. that firefighter goes to the woman's house or goes to the house and says, are you so-and-so on this envelope? And she goes, yes. And it turns out it was the last piece of mail her husband had sent before he was killed in Iraq. And wow. I know. So part of you goes, wow. Part of you goes, that mail is important. That package is important. And number three, it's you can hear the voice through the words that are written in that person's handwriting. I mean, how many of us actually like hold on to cards from people that have died that wrote us something special? I know, <laughs> me too. Big box. <laughs> I know, I know. So all these old school stuff are still really important and you're supporting the U.S. Postal Service. Which so, is also really important right now. Yes. And they've yeah. some cool stamps, let me just tell you. There's a new, there's a new Krista McAuliffe stamp, um, which is, of course, a memorial all by itself. But they've, they've got a lot of nice stamps right now. I know. So, I know. And I'm you know what? If you're afraid of going to the post office, you can also order them online, however it is. <laughs> Yeah, it takes them about five days and they will send you your little envelope with everything you need. They'll even ship you all the packaging stuff that you need if you want to send boxes. Right, so, right. Super helpful. I'm not sure that my mail person really appreciates me because I'm constantly sending out boxes because I've got Greek t-shirts and Greek books and I'm shipping those out constantly. And Oh no, she's at it again. There's another uh -huh. box. <laughs> so before the only thing I had was hot pink. <laughs> Um, you're funny, which is why I love you. Um, <laughs> a couple things. You have a grief workshop coming up, right? I do. In fact, Dee Dee, who's on here, Dee Dee Diaz is the one who's put it together. She's got, she's put together a whole seminar. It's got, I don't know, 20 or 25 incredible people. If she does it again, you're going to be part of it. I promise you. Um, okay. Talking about various kinds of losses. So there's military families, there's lost by suicide, there's COVID, there's um, pet, there's spouse, sibling, you know, all of the losses are on there and it's, um, they're pre-recorded, so you could just pop in. Um, they, the registration starts in early July and I'll have it up on here. Um, okay, great. It's, it's just, it's, you can pop in and watch the videos and it's just conversations and she's fun to have conversations with, so. I got to be on two of them. Um, awesome. Yeah, I'm all I'm all about the the gutting to be twice. So um, it, it's a fun one. Great. And I think great. But any kind of loss, they will find it on that list. 
And you've Wonderful. got some things, right? Say again. Don't you have some things coming up as well? Um, I did uh, 11 teeny tiny steps for um, becoming a physically, emotionally, and healthier you, and spiritually healthier you. Um, I will be uh, letting more people know about that. I did that for the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor that I'm part of. And that's real important. Um, Dr. Melissa Mork also is part of that organization. And she also wrote a book about uh, humor and grief. And so I'm hoping um, we can invite her sometime oh, yeah. to speak here. That's, that's, I already reached out to her. So she's got a book on Amazon. I have a, I think it's a great non-religious book to talk about a death with adult. It's for the adult reading it and the child receiving it. So I think, and that's called Grandma D's Bubbles. I don't I have any How to read it. Thank you. Thank you. And so I want to know about your t-shirts. I'm, I'm wearing a Humor Helps t-shirt, but I'm all in for messages across my chest. So, well, you know, I make t-shirts because we were doing conferences a few months ago and um, I like to be a, just a little bit confrontational to get people doing conversations. So I have one that says, um, let's talk about death. Yes, I said that. And I've got your grief, your way, your rules. Remember that. And uh, the rainbow bridge never separates hearts and paws. Oh, right. I need to, do you have those so that we can they're, order them from you? They're going up. I, I had my kid take pictures of them finally yesterday. So they'll be up on some of the Facebook pages because we just got Great. Adele's little pop print back. Um, oh. Came home in her little box. So we have that one. And I have one about um, dementia caregivers are heroes without capes. Because, you know, I do dementia as well. Yes, yeah. I mean, are sort of in your face, but, and I've got also one that says, I speak Greek. And when I wear that one in the community, invariably I'll get stopped no matter where I am and someone will need to tell me their story, which is fine. I'm happy to do that. But it just tells me how many people don't have a place to tell their story. Right. So well, I, I want to encourage people to speak. Yes. And I'll probably be ordering those in a couple colors from you. Just saying. And um, anyway, I'm going to be um, from one of the death cafes. I collected the, the cartoons. So I'll be taking pictures of those and um, I'll probably send them to you and we can have the person who knows how to put them on. That's perfect. Well, yeah. it's, it's about 1230. Yeah. I actually put a clock in front of me today to be more mindful of time. So we're at time. Um, we're at time. This okay. is great. I will see you next week, folks. If you guys want us to talk about anything in particular, please tell us. We'd be happy to. Deb, feel better. And please tell me it's not COVID that you know for sure. It's not, not when you COVID. get there. Yeah, it's not COVID. I mean, okay. I, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. All right, everybody yeah. stay well, wear your masks, 
for goodness sakes, wear your mask. Stay in. Don't get burned by fireworks. And we'll be back here next week. That sounds great. Bye, everyone. I'm going to post it on my page, too, after we're done, and it goes up. So share share our um, post. I'm asking everybody please, to... Guys, Bring people in. Yeah. 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 All right? All right. Next week, happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. Bye-bye.